Are you tired of tossing and turning all night long, waking up all hours of the night? If so, this episode is for you. Tune in. We're going to be talking about the power of sleep hygiene. Three tips for better sleep. Hey, hey, Mental Fitness Matters family. If you've ever wondered why your sleep feels a bit hit or miss, or you just really kind of have poor sleep quality, waking up tired and exhausted, well, if you've ever experienced that, you are in the right place today because we are going to be unraveling the impact of screen time, how that impacts your sleep. We're going to also discover the magic of setting up bedtime routines. And lastly, we're going to talk about how your environment in your room can be a game changer for your sleep. My name is Tracy Austin. You've reached the Mental Fitness Matters show. I am so excited about today's topic. Sleep is such a big deal. When we think about how many people on a daily basis are sacrificing sleep and which leads to poor mental health and poor physical health and poor performance, I thought it would be best that we do a show about sleep hygiene, how you can begin to improve that. So today I'm going to give you three tips for a better night's sleep. Before we start, I want to dive into the power of sleep hygiene. When you need to understand, when you think about sleep hygiene, start to correlate that with your own personal care and your own personal hygiene. When you think about how you get ready every single day, list off some of the things that you do to take care of yourself. You brush your teeth, you wash your face, you take a shower, you may do some things for self-care. These are all different habits and practices that you've put in place that contributes to you taking care of yourself. So just like you're doing things for your personal hygiene so that you can feel better and perform better, start to think about your sleep in the same way. It is so important and it impacts your mental health. When you think about sleep hygiene, it's simply the little things that you do and little things that you put in place that can help you have a better night's sleep, but that it also make you wake up feeling more refreshed and restored. Um, when you think about why sleep is important, so not only when we have tips and strategies and habits in place to have a better night's sleep, there's so many things that sleep does to improve our mental, physical, and emotional health. What do you notice when you've had a good night's sleep? What do you notice when you've had a poor night's sleep? Have you ever woken up feeling groggy, exhausted, tired throughout your day, irritable? Have you ever woken up feeling refreshed, restored, your motivation was high? Have you ever correlated those things to your sleep habits or your sleep performance? Either one of those observations, I want you to start to get a little bit more aware, pay a little bit more attention, get a little bit more in tune with how you're feeling, because each one of those observations, whether it's a poor night's sleep or a great night's sleep, each one of these things has an impact on your mental, physical and emotional health. And this could be a big indicator on how you're performing and how you're feeling. So start to take notice of how you feel when you wake up in the morning after you've had a night's long worth of sleep. An interesting fact, when I like to look up some of the topics and some of the um, statistics around our sleep health, did you guys know there was a research study done uh, by Ohio State University that shows that a lack of sleep and stress can lead to symptoms that resemble a concussion? can lead to symptoms that resemble a concussion. That's wild. So if you've ever experienced, whether it's brain fog, confusion, fatigue, headaches, 
on and on and on, they're saying that looking at people and how we're sacrificing sleep for other things, it's resembling what it looks like to have a head injury or a concussion. That's a pretty big deal. So sleep is truly the place where our brain gets a chance to rest and recover. This is a time where the brain and body does most of its healing. And so oftentimes, if we are sacrificing sleep, whether we're working longer hours and we're saying, you know what, we'll catch up on our sleep when we're dead. If we are working all night long, working all day long, if you're staying up late to finish a TV series, we've all been there, right? Your favorite show is on Netflix, Hulu or Apple TV, whatever you're watching. And you're like, just one more episode, staying up a little bit later. Some of us have inconsistencies with our bedtimes. You know, we're going to sleep 12 o'clock in the morning, 2 o'clock in the morning. The next night we're falling to bed at 9 o'clock p.m. Whatever it is, if there's some inconsistencies and disruptions in your sleep patterns, these are things and contributing factors to making sure that our body and our brain are not regulating like they need to. So paying attention, and some people just can't shut their mind off. You know, so maybe it's not that you're staying up all night. Maybe you're not working long hours. Some people are really out here struggling with insomnia and they just cannot shut their minds off and get a good night's sleep. Whatever the reason is, whatever that resonates with you, I need you to first understand that there's things that we can begin to do, which we're going to talk about today. I'm going to give you three ways that you can start to make some adjustments or changes in your own home starting today to see if this helps improve your quality of sleep. Let's start with the first thing. Screen time. This is a big one for everybody. Screen time. Have you ever uh, wondered why scrolling through your bed, scrolling through your phone at night while you're laying in bed could be not so beneficial for your sleep health? If you've never even thought about it, if you've never even paid attention to it, I'm here to tell you today, guys, screen time has a major impact on your brain's ability to shut down, reset and restore. So a little bit about my background. Um, I'm a licensed clinical mental health counselor. I'm also board certified in what's called bio and neurofeedback, which is a way that we use technologies and things like that to really understand how our brain and body are responding to stress. And every single day, the, my job and the job of my team, we spend time doing what's called QEEG brain mapping on our clients or brain mapping. We start out with the brain assessment. That assessment helps us get a better understanding of how our clients' brains are responding to stress, how it responds to poor sleep, great sleep, how they focus, how they process. A lot of the information that we get from brain mapping, one of the key um, indicators of what we get from brain mapping is sleep performance, how your brain is able to shut down and go into what's called a delta brainwave state and really be able to get good quality sleep. So we can actually see that on a screen using the technology that we have in our office to understand how is this person's sleep could be potentially impacting their mental health. And so when I'm thinking about screen time, and when I think about brainwave activity, we can really begin to understand a lot about people's mental wellness and mental health once they're getting their brain scan and we can actually see what's going on as it relates to brain activity. Brain activity or brainwave activity plays a crucial role in how we feel, how we focus and how we perform. But most importantly, it plays an important role on your sleep and wake cycle. 
And our exposure to screens before bedtime can really begin to influence these brainwave states. So if we're starting out with brain mapping for our clients, we can actually see what these brainwave states are doing. But then we get information on how we can help these people improve these brainwave states to improve their overall health and wellness. So when we think about the science behind your brainwaves, I'm going to give you a little bit of information here. So that way you can begin how to correlate what your screen time may be doing to your brainwave activity and how that can be impacting or influencing your sleep quality or sleep performance. Brain waves are in your brain often, oftentimes it enters different and operates off of different frequencies. And these are called brainwave states. These are associated with different mental and emotional states that you go through throughout your day. The main brainwave states that you need to know about, one of them is called your delta, which is more of your deep sleep. It's a more of a slower brainwave. Theta is responsible for more of your light sleep and relaxation. You also go through what's called alpha brainwave activity. This is more of a wakeful relaxation. And then your brain enters more of a beta or more of an active alert cycle. Your natural sleep transition. So as you think about what your brain and body is doing, as you are naturally preparing for sleep, our brain transitions from more of that higher frequency beta activity and alpha states into more of the slower, lower frequency theta and delta states. This transition is key. So your brain must transition or cycle through these states for you to really begin to enter more of a restorative or deeper quality sleep into your delta phase. So when you think about screens, when you think about that cell phone or the TV or whatever it is that you may be watching right before bed or as you're laying in bed, your screens emit what's called blue light which has more of a shorter wavelength and it's richer in the higher energy photons. So when your brain is going through more of a higher energy state, looking at these blue light exposures, this, especially in the evening, this can begin to express, I mean, um, suppress your brain's natural production of melatonin, which delays that transition into more of those slower, lower frequencies like Delta. Okay. So if you're looking at the blue light, this is going to really start to suppress melatonin production, which is going to really start to hinder your brain and body's ability to get into these lower, slower states and for you to get more of a restful quality night's sleep. OK, anything that's disrupting your melatonin, especially it's it's so think about your melatonin It's just more of a hormone release in response to when it gets darker outside, when the sun starts to go down. But anything that is disrupting this, especially blue light from your screen it starts to confuse your brain about what it's supposed to be doing. So if the night is naturally coming in, the darkness is naturally coming in, and then the blue light exposure, your brain is getting confused. Is it time for me to rest or do you need me to activate and perform? Okay, do you need me to shut down and go to sleep, prepare for sleep, or do you need me to power up and process information for you? So if anytime you're confusing your, uh, your brain, especially right before bedtime, you best believe this can start to have an impact on the quality, most importantly, your brain's ability to kind of enter into these deeper, slower states, which is going to keep your brain cycling more up in the higher frequencies of beta performance. It's going to start to confuse your brain on what it needs to do. So think about that. So any type of prolonged exposure to screens, it can delay your desired outcome. You're looking for a restful quality night's sleep, 
but yet you're telling your brain to power up, to turn on, to perform, okay? So what I want to encourage you to do when it comes to your screen time, start giving yourself, just establish a curfew, you know, a bedtime or a screen time curfew for your phones, okay? So even if it's, I would say at least 30 minutes, at least 30 minutes before you're actually preparing for sleep, remove some of those electronics from your bedroom. Put your phone down, turn your phone off, turn off that TV, give yourself at least 30 minutes to get your brain producing that melatonin, allow that to flow. It's a natural production that the brain has. Let it start flowing. Don't disrupt it with your blue lights. Put your phone away, turn that TV off at least 30 to 45 minutes before you are really actually going to bed. And if you're like one of those people like Trace, I just, I can't. I need my cell phone. I need to keep watching TV. I need to do, I need to catch up on my shows because I don't have time throughout the day. I'm so busy. I just want an hour of my time. Okay. I suggest if you are doing so, all of our phones nowadays has the blue light feature. You have an app on your phone that you can make sure that you turn on if it's not already on. The light filters can reduce or kind of eliminate that blue light. So if you're going to continue to have those habits in your bedroom right before sleep, if you're on your phone or your tablet, make sure you turn your phone into night mode. Just whatever type of phone you have, just Google, how do I, YouTube, how do I turn my phone into night mode? This way you can make sure that that blue light filter is on and at least you can have some type of protection from your brain thinking it's time for you to power up and get going, okay? One more suggestion in terms of helping you minimize screen time. So let's say you are trying to do better with your sleep performance and your sleep habits. And it's like, you know what? I know I don't need to be watching TV. I know I don't need to be on my screens, but I don't know what else to do. I need something to do to re-engage my brain so that it can not just sit around and think about all the things that I haven't done. How do I dump my brain somewhere else if it's not on a screen or on some type of device? Great question. There, I think, just doing something more calming. So if you can swap out that screen time that you normally have for yourself, if you can swap that out with a good book, if you take baths, you know, maybe a relaxing bath right before bedtime or some type of gentle stretching, stretching, mind, body movement is always a good tool that you can utilize right before bed because that'll help relax you from a body standpoint, but it also help relax you from a brain standpoint. It'll take all that energy going around, all those thoughts going around in your brain, and it will move that energy through your body. So even if you want to just do some light, gentle stretching right before you get into bed, guys, that will start to help relax you, calm you. It'll help take those busy thoughts out of your mind and transfer that energy somewhere else. Okay. So screen time is tip number one. This is the first way that you can really begin to set yourself up for good sleep hygiene, but most importantly, set yourself up for a better night's sleep. All right. Number two, let's talk about the magic. I think this is magical. The magic of creating a bedtime routine. You're, now, your brain and body, whether you know it or not, and whether we tell ourselves this or not, it truly is looking for consistency. Your brain is going to look for something that if you can repeat it over and over and over, this is truly how you begin to create what's called a new neural pathway, a new connection for your brain to make. But if you are inconsistent, if you are consistently inconsistent, again, just like I said about your brain doesn't know, am I going to sleep? Am I waking up? Do you need me to think? Do you need me to, what do you need me to do? So guys, everything is training. 
everything that you do on a daily basis, the habits that you have or don't have, these are training yourself to do something. So how about you start to become more aware and start training yourself for the outcome that you truly want? And creating a bedtime routine or some rituals that you can actually do for yourself every single night, this is a way to promote relaxation, but it's also signaling your mind and body to wind down. It helps create conditions and routines that are going to be helpful for you to get a good night's sleep. It's so funny when I think about just how powerful that truly is. My brain, literally, because I have been on a schedule with my sleep, you know, whether it's between 10 and 11, you know, that's my little window. But my brain literally starts to shut down around 930, 945. I can't process. My brain's going do 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 do. It's it's an automatic thing now. I can literally feel the energy in my brain just say, you know what, Trace, we're done. Okay, this is a time for us to kind of wind down. But that's taking time. That didn't happen overnight. It's taken time, me being consistently getting myself in bed, getting myself ready and prepared. Now my brain's like, oh, okay, I know what it is. We're going to bed now. And whether you're going to bed or not, I'm shutting off. My brain's like, whether your body's in the bed or not, I'm shutting off. So what you do from here is not my business. So start to get yourself so programmed and so ready for sleep that you're creating habits that not only prepare your body, but then you start to feel it in your mind like, oh, you know what? I'm tired. And you begin to honor and, and listen to that. So creating a bedtime routine can help with this. And one of the ways that this helps is, like I just said, it cues your body. It cues your brain for relaxation. Consistency helps create a response in your brain and body that's like, you know what? I know what to do. Stress reduction. It reduces stress. So if you can start to find routines that are calming for you, like I said, even with the, the removing the screen time, if you want to find a book to read, if you want to take a bath, if you want to do some type, type of meditation, whatever it is, create something that you can kind of get in the habit of or the practice of that becomes your nighttime routine. I always tell people, too, if you feel like you're one of those people where it's like, you know what, I know I need to go to bed, but I just have so much going on in my mind that I don't know how to shut myself off to do that. Get you a little journal, get you a little notebook, have you a five minute brain dump session before you before you hit the bed. Just dump out all of your thoughts, all of your worries, all of your to do's. Put those down, write those down. That way you've released those things from your mind and you can allow yourself to say, you know what? I got these things written down. I can start to prepare myself for tomorrow. And when I get up tomorrow, these things will be right here waiting for me. I don't have to worry about that tonight. I can drop it off right here and get those things done. So anything that you can think of that helps you reduce additional stress right before that, anything you can do to reduce additional stress during your bedtime routine, I think this is a great place to put that. And the other thing that these routines do, um, it really kind of helps you regulate your sleep-wake cycle. Remember, I told you your brain is already kind of entering and exiting these states. If you can start to get consistent, your brain's going to know that I'm ready to go to sleep, get you in that delta phase and keep you out of that beta zone, which is for focus and processing. OK, so you want to begin to regulate that natural circadian rhythm that your body brain already have. You want to start to get a consistent sleep wake cycle rolling for yourself. So that way everybody's on board. Everybody knows what to do. All right. So uh, uh, just an example of what you could add into your routine. And some people might already have a routine, but maybe you're just not consistent with that. So if you already have tools in place, start using them on a consistent basis. If you don't have any tools in place, reading, like I already said before, is a great thing that you, do, you can do. 15 to 30 minutes, 
oftentimes people can pick up a book and they get tired instantly. You know, it's like I, when it's time to read, it's like, oh, my gosh, I'm, I'm exhausted. I'm tired. Let me go to bed now. Whatever works. But the benefits of reading, it's really a gentle transition that allows your mind to shift from that focus of the day's activity into something that's a little bit different. So, you know, have a different focus, a different shift, which will tire your brain out. So pick up that book. Your meditation, if you're a meditator, you meditate, or if you have apps on your phone that are more for calming, re relaxation type music, white noise, put those things on. If you can have a tone or sound that's really consistent, um, the lower frequencies, this can help your brain activate into a state of calm and relaxation, but it's something that's not constantly moving, constantly transitioning, and not requiring you to be up, up, up. So I would engage, I would challenge you to engage in some type of meditation or uh, breath practice before bed. And then again, your, your gentle stretching. So getting these things in a consistent pattern or routine for yourself, this can be an easy way for you to start to create some consistent habits around your sleep and your sleep health. Okay. All right. Last one, your environment, your environment is key. Okay. What we have in our bedroom or wherever we're sleeping or wherever that might be, what's in your space, it matters. Whether you know it or not, it matters. Your, everything impacts your sleep. And so when you think about your sleep schedule, it's not about just having a routine, you know, kind of creating that consistency around your team, routine, removing the screens. But if your environment is not set up for performance, then guess what? You're not going to get a good night's sleep. So start to think about your sleeping environment right now. What do you see in your bedroom? Is it open windows? Is it a lot of light? Is it a lot of things going on? Is it, a, you know, stereos, TVs, music? What's, what's, your what's your environment like right now? Just take a, a brief mental look at your space. What you need to know about your environment is that your light exposure matters, your noise levels matter, and your temperature matters in your room. Because again, you're trying to prepare yourself, your brain and your body for rest. Let's start with temperature first. What is it normally like? Are you somebody that goes to bed and then you wake up with cold sweats or hot sweats? You know, are you normally hot? Are you normally cool? What's your temperature like? Because research shows that the temp needs to be between 60 and 67 degrees for optimal sleep. This is going to support your, your body's natural cooling process during sleep, and it signals the body to release melatonin. This is going to help promote a deeper and more restorative sleep for you. Okay, so start to gauge what's that temperature normally like for you. There's all types of solutions out there, whether it's bedding, whether it's just you changing the, the temperature on the thermostat, 60 to 67 degrees. Start to allow your body to kind of enter its natural cooling state to see if that improves what you're doing as it relates to your sleep quality. If you're always waking up hot, if you're always waking up cold, all these different types of regulation or dysregulation can impact your sleep. All right. So your temperature matters. Then think about the noise. Think about the noise. Are you someone that has to go to sleep with the background noise on? I hear some people say, you know what? I can't turn the TV off. I need something playing in the background so that my brain can shut off and I can go to bed. If it's complete silence, I can't sleep. I get it. It doesn't necessarily have to be complete silence. But guys, if you are watching TV shows, especially if it's a lot of just action, violence, laughing, whatever that is, the up and down of the tonality on that screen or that TV or that device, 
this is keeping you awake. You may not know this. It may feel like, no, it's helping me go to sleep. It's distract. It's keeping you awake. Remember, if your brain thinks it needs to be more in that beta processing alert space, you're not getting into the deeper states that you need to for your sleep. So instead of if you need to have something on, try the white noise, try the calming sounds, try, you know, some of the the masks that have the kind of like Bluetooth on them as well, where you can kind of listen to a white noise in the background or something that's not going to be so disruptive or inconsistent in its sound that it helps your brain just kind of calm down, get into the lower, slower states and helps you drift off to sleep. Just try it for a little while. I know it might feel like, well, no, this is not working. But again, it just takes practice. May not work the first time, may not work the first week, but keep coming back to it. Train your brain, retrain your brain on what it needs to get used to. All right. That earplugs again. So if you are sleeping beside someone who is a snorer, you know, not only the noise in the background, but you might have a spouse or a partner that's laying in bed beside you and they're making more noise than the TV's making. Grab you some earplugs, you know, do whatever you need to do for your own sleep health. Um, That is not uncommon or consider that fan or white noise machine to see if you can block out some of that noise. All right. The last one is lighting. Your light matters. Again, remember your brain is trying to shut down, shut off. Any of that light exposure really signals to the brain that it's time to get up. So if you can get some blackout shades, if you can get some things to kind of block out that extra light, um, changing the color of your curtains in the room to the more the darker shades, closing that up, the the darker the better, okay? The darker the better. That's gonna help your brain know that it's time to power down for sleep. All right, guys, I hope this was a helpful episode for you. Sleep is key. Sleep is key to your performance. So if you're walking around feeling dizzy, foggy, confused, irritable, fatigued, maybe it's connected to your sleep and your sleep quality. So take on these uh, powerful tips that you can use to improve your sleep hygiene. If this was helpful for you, make sure you try it out. Share it with a loved one or a friend. Give yourself 30 days. Write in the comments. Let me know how you feel. Let me know how it works. We're going to revisit this and go a little deeper later on. But make sure you guys give me some feedback. Let me know how that worked for you. Okay. so your three tips, removing that screen time, creating that bedtime routine. And most importantly, your environment matters. All right. Mental fitness matters. I hope this was helpful. I want you guys to go out and shine bright like the stars that you are. I cannot wait to see y'all soon. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Mental Fitness Matters. Be sure to subscribe wherever you heard this podcast so you never miss a future episode. If you found value in today's show, please share with others. For more information or to connect with Tracy, you can visit her online and on Instagram at tracyalston.com and on LinkedIn and Facebook at Tracy Alston. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time.